This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South Soccer podcast. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man. We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. What's up, Atlanta? This is the Mouths of the South podcast brought to you by Dirty South Soccer. Not in the palatial 68 of the fan studios, but in our respective homes. I am Eric Quintana. He is Josh Bagrianski. Sam Franco out on a uh, He's work watching thing. the Braves game. He's on a work thing, okay? He's on yeah, a work. Oh, work, uh, work. Excuse me. He's work. on a work thing. Excuse, excuse <laughs> me. It's like those moments when you call in saying you have a meeting at the Braves game or you have, to, you have a meeting at noon. <laughs> it's a 12 o'clock Braves yeah, game. Yeah, 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 right. Exactly. Uh, no, but he obviously has a job that revolves around... Uh, you know, keeping in touch with what's going on in the sports world. So we wanted to get this out as soon as possible. And he's obviously off. So, or he's obviously got to do that. So props to him for working in a business that uh, one is still keeping their employees and two is covering sports. Um, Josh, how goes it? Pretty good. Trying to wake up from that, uh, that game over the weekend. Still it's dull affair. I'd say. Dull? You mean there's nothing controversial that could have happened in that well, that's, match? That's, that's... Well, actually, there wasn't. <laughs> there actually wasn't, but it was so dull that it was, oh. turned, into, it was turned into something controversial. So let's so, go ahead and uh, dive right, right into it. Red Bulls beat Atlanta United uh, 1-0 on what some are calling a controversial controversial goal uh, from Caden Clark. And look, you and I are pretty much on the same page here that we don't find it very controversial. Um, I, I I think at the same on the same in that same kind of sort of vein, if it had gone the other way, I probably would have made the arguments going the other way as well. So I, it just, it's, it's a judgment call. And I feel like, I feel like there's a lot kind of being taken out of proportion. <laughs> I was going to say that objectivity is a hell of a drug because I seem to be taking a lot of it and, and not many people seem to be, uh, seem to be, uh, you know, dosing up on their, on the, on the proper amount. I look at, I look at the actions. Wow. Uh, I look at the actions and I'm sitting there. I'm like, guys, I'm not watching the same thing you're watching. I, I don't see Royer jumping out of the way. I see a ball that's kicked uh, that's uh, from Caden Clark kicked into, into its own path. Royer happens to sort of be in that path, but his natural movements are taking him away from that path, taking him right. out of the play. To me, what he did is the equivalent of a, of, a, of a forward putting his hands up to a play and saying, I'm not in it. Right. Right. No, I thought, me, I mean, to me, it was the same thing. It's a, I mean, it, it, it's definitely a judgment call, right? I mean, I think the, you, you, I, I've, we've certainly seen offside given on this and we've seen it go the other way. I just think, you know, when we're talking about controversy, I think some of the initial reaction from the TV broadcast radio crew and the, uh, and Doug Roberson with the AJC kept mentioning this idea that Royer was in the way of the shot and got out of the way of the ball, therefore was offside which is not what the law says. The law says that, as you mentioned, Eric, the, the goalkeeper's vision has to be impeded and there's no indication of that. Or it has to be his, his, uh, his reaction has to be affected by a deliberate action from uh, the offside player. And Royer's deliberate action did not appear to affect Guzan. He steps away from the ball and away from Guzan, so it's not into his line of vision. So, I mean, to me, I watch that play and I feel like, you know, even if Daniel Royer is not standing there, Brad Guzan's still going to move briefly to his right so we can get a good view of of, um, of the clearance off the head of Laurentowitz. And then he's still going to dive to his left and not be able to get to what was re a really, really good volley. You know, so so to me, I just thought that the the idea alone that Royer was in the, the, the path of the ball and moved out of the way, made it offside, was is, is just not correct. 
the line of sight is what we heard at first, which was not true. And then the path of the ball, I still, I, I, you can't convince me that even you can't convince you that the ball is going to touch Royer, even if he hadn't moved. I still think there's a good chance it's close. Don't get me wrong, but I still think that that ball is not touching Royer, even if, um, even if Royer is, decides not to move. If it does touch him, then he's offside. You right. Know, like that's, it's, it's, it's a totally different part sure. of the rule. Guzan doesn't know that part of it, but I still don't think that, that he's even paying attention to Royer at that point. I think he's reacting completely to the shot. I think what a lot of people are, are focusing on is how late Guzan is to that shot. And I think there's a couple of reasons for it. And again, objectivity is a hell of a drug. So forgive me for taking too much of it. But if you, if you watch him going from uh, the, the, the Renowitz clearance to where the, when the ball gets to, to, uh, Clark, you see him shifting across his line. And there's a moment right as Clark is hitting the ball, hit volleying the ball that Guzan is mid shift. He's, he's doing these little hop steps that they kind of teach you to do as a goalkeeper. And um, he's mid jump shift, if you will, when that ball is hit naturally, that's going to slow his reaction. I think I paused it right. The, the, the moment in which he starts his dive, the ball is already halfway between Clark and the goal. That's not right. on, that's not on Guzan per se. I sure you could argue maybe it could be quicker, but that's just that's just something that happens on a volley. There's no goalkeeper that's gonna be fast enough, especially if he's shifting across his line like that. Um, they certainly you certainly practice that. You certainly try to account for that, but you're never gonna be perfect 100 of the time on that stuff. Yeah, and I would add, Eric, just I think it's important to note that Guzan moves to his right not because of Royer. There's a crowd of players, including Franco Escobar, Lorento. It's where the ball has been cleared from. He moves to his right so he can get a clear line of vision because of that group of players, not because of Royer. So he's never right. impacted by Royer during that shift to his right that ends up costing him a chance to get to the volley. I, yeah, I, I never, I never thought, look, I wanted, I wanted to get called just as much as anyone else did. Any, any other Atlanta United fan wanted it, wanted it to get called. But I just, I also look at it from, from, you know, from a, from far away and think, yeah, okay, well, I would want that called for us too, because I don't, I don't see that. I don't see Guzan being impeded, even though it, it, to some, it may look that way. I just think that's a slow, it's not a slow reaction. It's a it's, well, an unfor- it was- it's, it's a matter of unfortunate it's, right. it's, a, it's a matter of unfortunate timing between Guzan still shift still in a shift and uh, a good volley from Clark I like it's a good goal I think it's 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 well, yeah everything the about sequence, it consider the sequence you know there's a header and then split second later you've got a volley so obviously there's going to be a quick shift from Gu- it's going to be yeah. a it's if a bang go, bang if, play, and it's an incredible, credible strike from Caden Clark above all. If you go watch it again, you'll see that Guzan is still shifting to his right, and he's like practically almost. If he's not in midair, he is like on the tippiest of his tippy toes mm-hmm. uh, when that ball gets hit, and he actually doesn't get a chance to actually start his dive until the ball is already be halfway between uh, between Clark and and Guzan or the goal. So I, there's not. I can't really fault Guzan on that because he's. I don't. I don't think he's getting to it. I don't think I don't think Royer has anything to do with the ball or with the play. Um, again, I see this as a, a forward putting his hands up, saying I'm not involved at all, um, and good on him. I look, I I wish it was called the other way, but it just wasn't. I don't I don't I'm not watching the same thing other people are watching. I guess, but uh, um, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, well, and to be fair, again, you can certainly make an argument that Guzan was impacted, but it's 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 up to the referees on the field, and there's nothing from the video evidence that indicates that it fulfilled either of those standards, uh, that his vision was impeded, impeded or that his attempt at the save was impacted uh, by Royer's positioning. Um, and it, it was, put- I was gonna say, it was checked by VAR. Um, yeah. They did check it upstairs. There was nothing that I would have said would be clear and obvious that would overturn 
you could certainly argue that that Royer was involved somehow, but I don't think it's absolutely clear. It's a subjective argument. Therefore, that, that is, yeah, that that is impacting what Guzan is doing. I don't think Guzan cares about Royer until after the fact. And it's and it's a good it's a good thing to pop up and go, hey, 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 he was right there. But um, it, it just it's just after 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 the review, there's just nothing else to look at. Like you, it sucks for Atlanta United fans. It sucks, but I I wouldn't want that called against Atlanta either to be honest. I mean, in a way, and I just, I don't know, again, then, and then also the, com- the comparisons to the New York Red Bulls goal that was chopped off in nothing, conference final 2018. And then there's another one, a Nagby goal that was disallowed. People were bringing up and I could kind of remember it, but I couldn't remember exactly. You know, Joseph was offside, basically disallowing a, a, a goal from Nagby. Uh, and I went and watched that replay and he's literally standing right in front of the goalkeeper and makes contact with him. So like, yeah. they're not even remotely comparable to this situation. And I just think it's a frustrating call. And obviously Atlanta United, obviously Stephen glass is going to come out and say he sure. agrees with the call, but there's nothing controversial really about this. I and I the- think the initial coverage though, indicated that there was a controversy by continually to bring up the fact that Royer was in the path of the ball and got out of the way is what makes him, uh, offside but that is not what the rule says and yet but that's what a lot of people are saying today i would say that 90 percent of the people that watch mls would would probably stick with the call on the field uh in that instance if they're watching objectively and one don't have a hate for atlanta united already but if they're watching objectively i feel like that's that's how they would view that play uh that it's it's equivalent to a forward just raising his hands up saying i'm not involved um, there's no indication, especially in, after the fact, there's no indication. Remember because it was called a goal. You have to, you have to, it has to be clear and obvious that it wasn't a goal. So after the fact, there's no clear indication that, that Guzan was impeded. Um, and that's that. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a subjective call <laughs> who says VAR takes the subjectivity out of refereeing. Yeah. I mean, look, I, other than that, I, I think that was obviously the, the, one of the talking points because it was the game. It was the goal. talking point. <laughs> it was a terrible <laughs> the game. game. Goal. The, the, the sub talking point, I guess, if you will, was, was how bad uh, Atlanta United looked going in the attack in the final third, everything yeah. else looked, looked fine. I, I will, I will hold it up against the same standard. I, I held uh, Atlanta United with um, last week in the sense that no, no one looked to regress but this definitely wasn't even close to being a step forward in any way, less so than last week or than last match. Um, so it's, it's no one, no one played absolutely terribly. No one did anything to, to, to make you make you think that maybe they don't belong uh, in the starting 11 moving forward or anything like that. You saw uh, Marcelino Moreno and, and what he could kind of provide for the team going forward. Uh, you saw Franco Escobar kind of slotted into a center back role, which I think he did well in, but I, I don't know that you want to, I, I hear the conversation about, you know, wh- where does this leave Franco Escobar and, and the center back depth chart and, 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 you know, moving forward, what do you do? And I was like, well, look, guys, you have two great center backs as it is. You've got a guy in Franco Escobar that can slot into that center back role if you want to, but he's perfectly fine as a right back. Yeah. I don't know you why argue you, that you have four great center backs. I don't know why you would, Mesa. I wouldn't do, I, I don't know why you would try to change things up when the back line isn't a problem at all. Well, it, it, it's it's a good problem to have, I think, with the center backs. It's funny that you have four good center backs, but you you, you don't have a single good. You know, you, you're forced to leave good center backs on the bench. Pretty, I mean, Fernando Mesa sure. is a good center back, but you don't have anyone. I mean, I think looking at what you say on the defensive side of things, that's been the one that back four, although it has shifted a little bit with the center halves, has been the one sense of stability for me this season. There have been a few if there've been a few matches where it looked shaky, but I mean, when you consider the fact that they're your top 10 and expected goals allowed 
uh, when the, you're getting nothing on the other side of the pitch. Uh, I think it really speaks volumes to the back four. And then you talk about other things not maybe being broken aside from the final third. I, it, the, 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 the midfield is very, very interesting uh, for me in this match because you basically didn't have uh, Moreno playing in the midfield. He was basically playing as a second striker. To me, yeah. that was a 4-4-2 before he went out with him playing uh, underneath John Gallagher and basically played Emerson Heinemann and Jeff Lorenowitz as holding midfielders. And yet you still weren't able to create the chances that you like. So hopefully, uh, so two, I would say, first of all, is that a change in system where we're going to see where you're basically going to let Moreno just have free role to play in front of those two uh, or whoever to whatever the two center mids that you see, or was it just more of a situation where he hadn't met his teammates, Steven Glass said, all right, we're going to slot you into the lineup. We're going to give you total freedom where you can showcase your qualities. And tactically speaking, you don't have to think too much. Um, that That's what I took from this match. If, if we're going to see a change, that might be it with you're playing more. So two through the middle instead of three and letting Moreno just basically plays a second striker. Yeah. I, um, I, uh, again, I, I tweeted out before the match. Don't, don't, don't get too high on Moreno if, if if he balls out. Don't get too low on him if he doesn't contribute much. Um, especially, and I thought it was somewhere in game. between. I so did I. I thought yeah. I thought you could see, clearly see the good qualities he had. Um, you saw a couple a couple of megs, which oh great, yeah, I love a good meg. Look, I'm not going to start a meg counter after one game. Um, that would be fun though. It would be fun, but yeah. again, don't get too high. Don't get too low on one game. That's all I'm saying. Meg Reno. But you've already seen you've already seen people talk about starting a meg counter and 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 all that. Um, which look, if 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 he ends up getting you know fifty thousand megs over the course of a season, then <laughs> then great. But yeah, you know. I'm more concerned with wins and goals and stuff like that. What do you see his game like? You know, like, cause he's, people are saying he's going to be that kind of addition to the center midfield. But now, now I watch him, I feel like the, it's the intention might be more for him to be a part of that final third more. So whether it be playing underneath the striker or even moving into one of those wide areas and playing really narrow. I, I mean, I don't know yet. I, I, I feel like it's going to be, he's going to be asked to do sort of the same things that that pity was, was asked to do. Yeah. Um, it, it's a matter of whether he can pull that stuff off. And, and again, it's just so hard to say what he can be and how he can contribute. And that's why I'm, I'm saying, don't, don't get too hyped or too down. If he isn't like the player that we all expect him to be coming in, if he doesn't meet the expectations, because Joseph is not in the picture yet. Yeah. That, so that's what that, I was about to bring up. I think that, you know, if you look at, and this match specifically, you could see the change in quality that he yeah. brought to the team in terms of the areas of the pitch you were able to get into, but you still created nothing right in the 60 minutes he's out there. So to your point, Eric, if you're going to judge Moreno with, I don't, it, it, you can't do it without Joseph Martinez in front of him. Right. So it wasn't to say that his performance was bad, not, not by not any means, yeah. but it, you know, I'm, I'm, the reason I want more games is because I'm a, I'm a big fan of consistency. You know, Barco's a prime example. You know, the talent is there, but for whatever reason, he can't stay on the pitch and um, he isn't consistent when he's on the pitch. So I, I want to, again, one, see consistency and then one, see what he does with a guy like Joseph, who is a special talent in itself. Can he create sort of the same? Uh, can he be in sync like he was, say, with Gressel? Or, or can he be as in sync as he was, say, with, with Almiron? Not to put, you know, that expectation on him, but you know, if we're talking about Moreno, uh, Moreno being a, a sort of replacement for, for Miguel Admiron or a player that plays in that same sort of capacity, then we're talking about someone who can really gel well with 
with a guy like Joseph. So I want to see that happen. I want to see what they look like against a team that Atlanta has ever beaten the regular season before. I want to see what sure. they look like over the course of five games, opposed to just one. Um, he, I mean, he didn't ball out, but he did fine. I, he, he, for someone who's never practiced with his teammates, for someone who literally just got thrown into the starting 11, surprisingly enough, because I didn't expect, I thought maybe we'll see him in like the 60th minute or something like that. Um, but to just get thrown out there and, and told go, I mean, there's not, you can't, I mean, you're just kind of hoping at that point, you're hoping for the best. Um, and it wasn't a letdown, but it wasn't also a, you know, it was hopeful, but I wasn't, you know, there's, there's going to be some reservation, reser, uh, re- yeah, reservations about the whole thing about, you know, passing judgment on him right away and what he could be with Atlanta based yeah, off sure. one performance. And, and I think, you know, the, the main, the main thing you take away from that is just the type of player he is, is, is not an Atlanta United's roster since, since Barco has been unavailable. You, I mean, as you know, Adam John is, we think he's been pretty good. John Gallagher has been pretty good. You know, Brooks pretty good, but they're not, <laughs> they, they're not the creative unpredictable player that a Moreno was. So you saw the game change right away, even though you weren't able to create chances. I wanted to bring up one other thing because you compared him to PT and Almiron. And I think obviously we hate to do direct comparisons, but to me that, that that's the question I have about him from this match is, is he going to be an Almiron type where he is more of a, guy that comes back into the midfield contributes defensively or he's going to be more of a PT guy who wants to 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 basically float around in those half spaces and attack and not have as much defensive responsibility um and in this match it was certainly more of a PT type role right uh, but we know that he's capable of playing the other one and at the same time Stephen Glass as I said why would you you don't want to give him too much responsibility sure. in this match so maybe yeah. that's really the question is he gonna be a PT type of, is he gonna be used in the PT type of role or more of a box-to-box on their own type. Yeah, and so, I mean, obviously that comes over the court. And maybe it was something, his direction was specific to playing uh, the Red Bulls, knowing that he wouldn't have that kind of time on the ball in the midfield or, or um, you, you know, the, the, yeah. the space going the forward. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, the 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 one the biggest quality I remember about, uh, about Almiron is the fact that he would come into the defensive third, collect the ball, and then exactly. go forward. He was a center I, midfielder. Sure. I don't, I don't, was, I don't expect that the same... I don't, at least based off what I saw and, and, you know, again, that's a big assumption off of one game, but based off what I saw, I don't expect him to be that sort of player. I think he can be an Almiron impact type player for Atlanta United. Uh, but it won't be the same way that Almiron impacted Atlanta United. It'll be more along the lines of what we wanted pity to be, but who knows? Again, I, I have not seen enough of him. I've not seen enough of him, enough of him to know for sure. Um, I don't think anyone's seen enough of him, especially with this squad to know for sure against these opponents. Um, so, yeah, I think we're, we're really speculating at yeah. this point, but, but I, I do think if to, to, to put a bow on it, you saw, first of all, the importance of just having a player with those qualities in your lineup, despite the fact that Alpharetta dad loves the hustle and the, <laughs> and, got, and not taking guys on and all that over the last few weeks. But, you know, we've seen uh, the importance of having a player like that back in the lineup. And hopefully when Barco gets back involved, then you have two guys like that instead of one. Uh, so it's going to be a little more to defend when it, before it was just Barco. Um, but the other, and then the other question is of course, as we're saying tactically, is he going to be used as more of kind of a free roll attacker or is he going to be used like an Almiron who could do a little bit of both, right? Who could do the, the creative stuff going forward, but also was an out and out center midfielder uh, most of the time. Yeah, that was the other thing I wanted to bring up or I wanted to at least discuss is that, again, we were watching Moreno kind of by himself and not with the other TV, DP on the squad with uh, no Barco. I wonder how they would kind of how the interplay between them 
uh, would go because I, I, I feel like their quick movements or their ability to move off ball would be a better combination than say with Barco and pity. Cause pity for whatever reason, I just didn't get the sense that he did much of that and didn't do it very well. Um, so I, I, I'm curious to see what that looks like whenever Barco gets back. I'm kind of over our, this, this Barco gate nonsense. I, I feel like at this point, I, I don't have any reason to not believe the club. Uh, yeah. I mean, what's I, going on with, with Barco. So I don't it, think he's getting sold at this point. I don't think he can get sold at this point. And on top of that, I, Steven glass, I think has been one of the more, more honest people in, in not to say the other guys aren't honest, but more uh, honest. Isn't the word it's um, open open about things that are going on with the club and what he knows and what he doesn't know um, that uh, I, I have no reason to doubt anything he is saying. So, you no, know, I, I think it does sound like he's injured. It's just that sure. Barco, we've said this from the beginning, it's totally possible that he might be injured, you know, but you know, there's not like that. There's links fl- floating all over the place about, uh, about Barco transferring. The issue is that the club created Barco gate by their own doing yeah. <laughs> by being, by being very coy about his injury, the weird three out of four comment, uh, by Stephen Glass from a couple of weeks ago, it's Carlos Bocanegra saying they didn't want to disclose the injury because teams would target it because he gets fouled all the time, which is patently absurd because they're going to foul him. They're not going to say kick him in the injury. They're just going to say keep kicking him. You know, so all of these weird statements that were the club were either trying to play coy with the injury or acting like there was some great strategy behind the scenes was 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 so arrogant and naive that it basically led to this speculation that didn't have to be there. They could have just said from the beginning. He has a nagging injury. He's had some setbacks and, and they could have lied all they wanted from there. And instead, yeah. I, I, I don't know the, the way they, they played the game very poorly on this. And I, I, I do think we're saying it was probably an injury all the way now, but there's no reason that we shouldn't have been told uh, and led to believe that from the very beginning. Look, you wanted it to be a sale, a sell because that, that looks better than what, than what, than obviously being injured. The FIFA thing again. was interesting. Did you see the FIFA ratings video where the, they, I, didn't, I haven't seen that yet. No, their ratings on Barco and the, the, the one of them was was goodbye or something like that is very, uh, <laughs> very, uh, very uh, weird. That, but uh, but yeah, this situ- that situation is an interesting one, and I think I think for sure in January he goes in the January window. Yeah, I have the. I look. I hope so because I, I just don't. I don't feel like he's the bit best fit for Atlanta United right now. I feel like he's well, this is enough. the time to cash in on him too. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. He's yeah. young enough now that he can. Uh, yeah. You know, he, his, his value is probably going to be at his highest. You know, if the trend continues, he's not going to do much for you if he's, if he's, you know, injured half the season. So part ways with him, the sooner, the better, in my opinion, no ill will against Barco. I think he's been fine since he's been with Atlanta United, but I don't think he's been the, the hit that Atlanta United hoped he was. Um, Atlanta United taking on inter Miami Wednesday, 8 PM. Um, we've seen inter Miami three other times and I've been uh, tired of is it three so other times. Yeah, I know. It, same here. This, this season sucks so bad. <laughs> it's not. It's not a very balanced schedule. That's what I'll say for sure. Atlanta tenth no. in the East right now, so they are in that final playoff All spot right. for now. Uh, thankfully, they are two points behind Montreal Impact at twenty, so that means they could jump to eighth <laughs> if they happen to win against Miami. Uh, oh, that's a big man. if right now for, for Atlanta United, because again, you're, you're I, and Miami have won three in a row. Have they not? I think they're, they're on a little bit of a roll right now. I believe so. you're right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, any final thoughts? I, I feel like, I feel like the biggest talking point was, was the, was the, 
was the the call the goal and and yeah. everything else is just like well yeah i mean that's what we've seen for Atlanta united minus exactly the shots on goal. <laughs> that's what we've kind of been talking about there's not a lot to analyze right now because the, the the structure is clear the mo of the team is clear there's just not the quality and attack to, to to do what you want uh you did see moreno change that a little bit i don't think that'll fundamentally change until next season when joseph yeah. martinez back in the fold but hopefully it'll just be more fun to watch as 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 you uh, introduce a creative attacker in Moreno and hopefully Barco in the future uh, yeah. back into the lineup. But I just, I don't expect to see, you know, it, we're, we're, we're talking about fake controversies because it's just the same thing over and over in terms of the substance on the pitch. And, um, ho- but hopefully it'll be, like I said, more fun to watch now that you just introduce a player of Moreno's profile into the yeah, lineup. Hopefully, hopefully he can just keep Atlanta United in this playoff run and are in this, on this playoff push, get them into the playoffs. That way we, at the very in least, the hunt. In the hunt, baby. At the very least, we'll have something to cheer about the end of the season, something to hold over Orlando City's head. That we've been in the playoffs every year we've been in existence, and welcome <laughs> for the first time, buddies. Oh, it's the worst season ever. Oh. <laughs> um, any final thoughts on this match? Anything? Oh, you know what else? I will say one other thing. This yeah. this idea that the refs have it out for Atlanta United. Please stop. Oh, that's still going on, huh? Please oh. stop. The refs do not have it out for Atlanta United. That's this, the most absurd thing I've ever heard in my life. Every team has their their laundry list of 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 fouls that have gone against them and and things yeah. and gripes about about the the refs and the league and whatever. It's part of the game at this point. I know people let's, don't like it. Let's just stick with their bad, not I with their I bad. I don't like I don't us. like it very much either. I just hate hearing the same nonsense every week about all oh, the blames have it out for Atlanta United. Atlanta United can't catch a break with these refs. <laughs> Like I want to go back. You only remember the bad ones. You you obviously don't remember yeah. all, and I don't have them in front of me, so I wish I could list them out. But I also don't want to take the time to go through the entire season so far and list all the good things that have happened in favor of Atlanta United, thanks to the refs. But I guarantee you, there's a laundry list of things that have happened for Atlanta United that that would match the things that have gone against for Atlanta well, United. If you like, just please. go, if you go back and look at the Orlando, a lot of talk about the Adam John. But the Fra- Franco Escobar should have been sent off absolutely sure. for his second yellow card with a Hyman's Hyman's goal. goal against Nashville is is the the worst thing I've seen these refs do, and it happened for Atlanta United. Like things happen for Atlanta United all the time that you guys either are are, are purposely leaving out or just you have selective memory over what you choose to to remember about these refs. I can promise you, no one is out for it. what 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 point would that make for for the league for pro to go after specifically Atlanta United. Makes no sense. You can't have the most fouled player in the league and have the refs against you. They're not competent enough to do that anyway. <laughs> They're not competent. Right. They would, sc- they would screw yeah. that up inevitably. Yeah. They'd probably start giving us calls, you know. It probably just wouldn't work. <laughs> Thinking they were doing oh, us a disservice, and yet, let alone there's the, there's the favor. Yeah. Um, anyways, that was the last thing. I just, I hate, I, I know it's going to continue. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dumb in that department, yeah. but um, I just wanted to voice my two cents. Any, Since any you're so thoughts? objective, you know. I Mr. think objectivity. I think, I think I like. I think I can say I'm objective. You're close. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, no, we're, we're whatever. Yeah, we're close enough. Close enough. You're close enough for sure. Fair enough. Any final thoughts from you? Uh, no, you've asked me that three times. Sorry. So let's, <laughs> can we can we end All this? Right. Uh, <laughs> let me just uh, go over. Thanks. Thank you. Big thanks to our uh, our sponsor, Lucid FC. A distinctively modern clothing line based right here in Atlanta reflects a deeply British American uh, design approach, uh, promotes freedom of fashion, gender, and role. Brand's iconic logo, immediately recognizable. I, I forget the guy's name, but it's a very popular TikTok song. Uh, and the guy, oh. in, the guy in one of his one of his music videos is wearing a Lucid FC jean jacket. So boom. 
Uh, they make pants, outerwear, hats, shirts, hoodies. The big thing right now is obviously the masks with their uh, Lucid FC logo. Josh, what's the FC and Lucid FC stand for? Uh, it stands for football and clothing. Footwear and clothing, mind uh, you. Perfect match for fans of the football clubs. Check them out, lucidfc.us. That's what I meant to Why say. See what celebrities uh, love the you line. You flipped it on me. I'm supposed I'm, to ask you that question. I'm wearing, I'm wearing the Lucid FC hat, uh, and you can get your own uh, Lucid FC merch at lucidfc.us. All right. That's it for us. We will try to get one out to you on Thursday after the Inter-Miami match. Hopefully we're talking about a win. If not, we'll talk to you and I don't know, just get through the rest of the season together. Yeah, we can do this thing we call the podcast. All right. Until next time. See you later, Atlanta.